Ladies and gentlemen, welcome wrestling fans worldwide to Knoxville and the Great Smoky Mountains for the Ron Fuller Tennessee Studcast. Six feet nine inches tall, 265 pounds. This historic podcast from one of the most respected and successful wrestlers and promoters will follow the footsteps of the largest and oldest wrestling family on the planet. Listen to what I'm saying. That's right. Bring that camera in here a little bit closer. Through 93 years and four generations. The stud has arrived. Old school or new fan, this unique broadcast will educate and captivate as Ron details decades of professional wrestling's growth with truly unforgettable stories. I want those people out there at home to hear the stud. Sit back and enjoy the ride with the Tennessee stud. The Tennessee stud. You will learn that name, you will remember it. And now, the stud is here. Hey everybody, here we go again. It's David Summers hosting another stud cast with the Tennessee stud, Ron Fuller. It is the story of wrestling in America, as told by the stud, whose family started the profession 100 years ago. Now we step back into the ring, back into time. We take a stroll into the Great Smoky Mountains and we find the Tennessee stud, Ron Fuller. Hey, what's up, my friend, Ron? What's going on? Oh, geez, man. Uh, uh, happy to be here. Great day. Beautiful here today. 55, 55, 60 degrees. Uh, so, you know, I would think maybe uh, winter's on its way out, but uh, I know that's <laughs> probably not true for me up here anyway. <laughs> I, um, think you still got a f- I think you still got a few days left, Ron. Yeah, I think so too, man. Uh, I don't want to get too cheerful about that. Uh, I really, I really think there are some. There may be a few more snows and yeah. uh, before it all ends for us. I think. Hey, what have you seen really cool lately? I know you like to get out and take a drive occasionally. Uh, last couple of weeks, you you've had a backdrop with just some beautiful mountain scenery covered with snow, the Great Smoky Mountains. But what what have you seen lately? What's been going on? Well, I've, I've been into Gatlinburg a couple of times lately, uh, which is just really a beautiful little town. Uh, for those that have never been there, it's a real experience. And, uh, and uh, you know, and I get up when I go into that, uh, sometimes I go on up into the park, uh, you know, in, in that Brutus country, man, where, <laughs> where some, of the, some of the stuff that I wrote in my book uh, takes place. And... Uh, I kind of like to ride some of those those trails again, and uh, that's a so it's a it's a real nice a uh, real nice area here. It's just beautiful, man, and uh, especially when you get snow. I mean, I guess I haven't been around snow in so long. Mm-hmm. It's really, really uh, uh, it lights me up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> man, uh, it's beautiful stuff. Hey, no doubt, and and we know you're enjoying that, and it's got to get got to be a lot of peace and a lot of solitude. Hey, let's. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you about uh, when I saw the title of this this episode, I was kind of blown away. But I'm not going to say what the name is because you were right last episode when you said everybody was going to be really surprised by this episode and specifically the title. Where you want, where do you want to start on that? <laughs> well, I tell you, man. You know, uh, sounds like you're going to cave fave people right? <laughs> a little bit nowadays. You know. Uh, after complaining about so many times when I did it. Right. You know? So, so uh, yeah, you know, this studcast is going to be a great one. I really got a feeling this one is going to be, uh, we've had some really good ones lately. This one, I think, is going to be 
maybe one of the best ever. Uh, and there was so much going on in the company during this time frame. For the first time, uh, as an example of what I'm talking about, my brother's bald, you know, and that, that happened a few weeks back. And, yeah. and yeah. for the first time, Southeastern had an actual commissioner, uh, Don C Curtis. Uh, my father had just been hurt. Uh, with 16 stitches in his head and uh, been in the hospital overnight with a concussion. Uh, there's another mystery partner who's going to be coming to take his place. Uh, you know, the, the NWA world champion, Harley Race, is going to be returning for his third Southeastern title defense in 10 months against a third different opponent. Uh, one, there's a one-night tournament in this stud cast. Uh, and we'll have a former NWA world champion in that tournament and a present world champion in it. And uh, we're only three weeks away from our opening night in southeastern Pensacola, a brand new territory on the American Gulf Coast, man. A lot going on. Oh, no doubt. But but hang on just a second, because how are we going to get all of that into one stud cast? You know, my time is limited. <laughs> it's not like i got all afternoon wait i do have all afternoon all right so but it sounds like your world was really on fire back then and speaking of on fire i mean boom southeastern rewind youtube your channel is just blowing up every week you got a lot going on there too new continental tv shows added every week have been setting records as well as the number of new subscribers every week so what's new and what's upcoming there on the YouTube channel? Well, as you mentioned, man, there's a whole lot going on there, too. And, uh, and I'm going uh, to take today's training uh, to go in detail about it today. Uh, rather than talk about wrestling, I want to talk a little bit about the Southeastern Rewind and, uh, and what's happening there. You know, and, and instead of training others like I do normally in the, in the today's training segment, I feel like I'm the one that's getting trained about uh, how to get this Southeastern Rewind started and how to make it all work. And we have so much going on in this studcast, man, that I want to get right into it today. Okay, so where, where are we riding to first? Well, we're going to begin with a very different subject matter than most today's trainings, as I just mentioned. Uh, this one is literally a today's training for me. <laughs> I'm going to be the guy getting the training. And, uh, you know, one that I'm experiencing every day right now uh, with my new YouTube ch YouTube channel. You know, I'm I'm having to uh, I'm going through learning how to build a, a Southeastern Rewind this YouTube channel that I have into something special, and uh, and we're we're gonna uh, find out uh, how that's going today. So we're gonna discuss that, and our focus event for this studcast is definitely different, man. The match is on February thirteenth, nineteen seventy eight. Sunday afternoon. Uh, we're different in many ways. I take that back. And I keep saying Sunday because it's always been on Sundays. Mm -hmm. But this one, uh, it, just to show you how different it is, it's actually a Monday <laughs> in the Coliseum. The first one in the history of Southeastern wrestling to be on neither in neither a Friday or a Sunday. So mm -hmm. this is going to be a Monday. And, and a little thought went into how I'm going to keep our momentum and maintain these tremendous crowds that we've been drawing week after week lately uh, from having to move from a regular Sunday afternoon to a Monday night. Yeah. So I'm really having to put some thought into to what we're going to do to keep our business going strong and not lose that momentum. Mm -hmm. So we're also going to discuss the most unusual uh, eight-man tag tournament, normally 
we have these tournaments, see who's going to wrestle the world champion. They're, they're uh, much more than an eight man. It's sometimes as much as 20 guys in these tournaments. And uh, this time it's going to be an eight man tournament to decide who's going to be the opponent for Harley race. Who's going to be coming the next Monday night. So uh, there's going to be two Mondays in a row. So there were repercussions from the event from the week before where my father went to the hospital and uh, the new Southeastern commissioner, Don Curtis, he began, man, and this, this one to show his power. You know, and a brand new masked man is introduced in this one, and much more is in this one. This is it's going to be a really interesting stud cast. Uh, the TV show is another great one, and in the extremely important February TV rating period. And we're also going to find out the results of all the matches on this great card, February 13, 1978, and the attendance. Hmm. The learning tree question for this stud cast is a follow-up question, I'm sure, coming in. Uh, it's a follow-up question to what, we, what we've been talking about, especially my dad getting hurt. And uh, the question was uh, coming in, I'm sure, uh, from what happened in the last studcast. Uh, uh, the gentleman asked, I'm sure as young boys, you and Robert had seen your father hurt a few other times in his career. What mm. was his most dangerous injury? <laughs> All right, so that's something to ponder. But I, listen, I think the last four or five studcasts have absolutely been some of the best yet. But this one sounds like it's going to be something really special today. I'm looking forward to this different kind of today's training stud. It sounds like you're in the process of training yourself when it comes to a YouTube channel. And I think that's exactly what you said a while ago, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's basically what it is, man. I really feel like that. Uh, you know, I'd say you're exactly right. I've been involved in all kinds of new things in my life. And uh, most of the time I had to learn for myself how to do it. You know, got involved in hockey, never, never hardly even seen a game. Had to figure out how to run a hockey company and how to build a hockey team. And then uh, ADT, uh, security business. I had to figure it all out. So having a YouTube channel and keeping it interesting for fans has been a new challenge for me. And obviously everyone loves the Continental and the USA TV shows from mm -hmm. the 1980s mm -hmm. that I've been putting on there are now up and on the channel. Uh, and the original TV shows from Southeastern Pensacola are going to be the next TVs to appear on the channel. Now those shows are obviously older than both the Continental and the USA TV shows that came in 1985 or after. But these uh, the original Pensacola shows uh, started in 78. And so it's obviously harder to find the copies of these shows from that far back. And uh, I've been asking for help and I've been getting some in that search uh, for people that uh, may have these tapes and, uh, and I'm still looking for them. And if anybody, uh, has some that uh, they think that I might be interested in. I'm interested in just about finding out what everybody has if I can. So I'm confident that we're all, we're going to have eventually here more shows than's ever been seen before anywhere mm. from Southeastern days, the Southeastern Pensacola days. Yep. Obviously we have very little, practically nothing from the Southeastern Knoxville days, but uh, getting them from as far back as possible that's a challenge, you know, and I don't want to introduce the entire series until I get all the shows as far back as possible, 
close to the beginning of southeastern Pensacola, and then I want to run them in order. That's what I promised I wanted to do and how yeah. I wanted to do it. And yeah. uh, and I'm pretty much uh, I'm set to do it. I'm I'm going to make it happen. So I don't think it's going to be long before we're going to be ready to start showing those original southeastern Pensacola TV shows. But in the meantime, every Sunday we've been putting up these never before seen YouTube southeastern Knoxville classic matches man uh, mm -hmm. uh originally shot on film from 1976 they're so far back that some of them don't have any sound but uh they're so good that the crowd's reaction if you watch what's happening in the building it kind of makes up for the fact that there's no sound on it so this coming uh, sunday's classic match is going to feature bob armstrong versus frankie kane the great mephisto and it's going to be, again, from the famous Knoxville Chilhowee Park Amphitheater, and it's in the summer of 1976. So every Tuesday, now that's every Sunday, I'm going to be putting these classic matches up uh, that have never been seen on YouTube. And every Tuesday is going to bring us uh, some new stud stories. Uh, this one, the next one, as a matter of fact, is going to be about, uh, it's up already, in fact. Uh, it's going to be NWA champion Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> and, uh, and uh he and it's a great one wow i mean it's a really a heck of an episode man i really had a lot of interaction with dusty a lot more than some of the other world champions that i end up wrestling and as i said it's already up uh went up uh just a, a day ago and i'll be adding a new stud story every tuesday and this one uh the next one that's going to be coming up is going to be about uh, my journey to australia man uh and it's going to be about, uh, you know, the, some of it will be about wrestling. And uh, lots of it are going to be about all those deadly creatures that you can encounter in that country. <laughs> man. In that continent, man, it's really crazy there. So uh, every Wednesday, we, we are going to continue putting up the latest studcast. And many fans, Ben, have already talked to me and uh, sent messages that they love the fact that now they can get their studcast on the YouTube channel, too. So, matter of fact, the last 16 studcasts are on there now, right now. So, Thursdays uh, are kind of the fans' favorite, though. That's when these, these extremely popular men, uh, uh, Continental Championship Wrestling TV shows appear. And with that legendary co host, Gordon Soley, and uh, I'm considering a few more things each week uh, that would add variety for fans. I'd love to know, as an example, man, uh, how many subscribers would be interested in maybe once a week hearing me read like a short 10 to 12 minute little segment uh, from my book, Brutus, starting at the beginning of the novel and work my way all the way through an uh, episode at a time uh, to the end of it. So okay. uh, well, I, got, I got some ideas, my man. No. Uh, okay, Ron, are you going to be sitting by a fire with a sweater wrapped around your shoulders with a pipe reading from the book. <laughs> well, I hadn't really planned it like that, to be honest with you, Dave. Listen, but I, that's a, not a bad idea, you know. <laughs> it's a fireside book reading moment with the stud. <laughs> hey, listen, I think it's a great idea. A totally different subject matter than wrestling on the channel. I mean, I hadn't even had an opportunity. I haven't read Brutus, Brutus yet. You told me about some parts that I went through, and I kind of I checked up on it because I wanted to be knowledgeable about your book. But at some point, someday, I am going to sit down and read the entire thing. But to hear you read it would make it even better. I mean, have you thought about a, a way fans could let you know their thoughts 
about that. If, if, maybe if you do it on YouTube, maybe they'd leave their thoughts in the comments or something. I don't know. What about what about that? That's it. That's it. I mean, you, 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 the, you not only YouTube, but uh, if we could leave it. I could, uh, I could have fans that are current Facebook fans and Twitter followers to just message me their thoughts on yeah. those on those media platforms, and obviously on the site itself, on the YouTube itself. Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, I just like to get a feedback and see if uh, that's something fans would be interested in, and uh, so um, you know. Uh, uh, if they want to do it, uh, I'm I'm all for it. I still, again, another great idea. I'll be telling everybody, as always, later in the show, how to become Facebook friends and Twitter followers because you never know when something like this might happen or you come up with something new. For those that have not already subscribed, we encourage you to go to YouTube Southeastern Rewind. When you go to YouTube, in the search bar at the top, put in Southeastern Rewind. Hit the subscribe button ring the bell there, then you can see what many are calling the best old school wrestling channel out there anywhere. Do that, and then when something new is added, we'll ring your bell to let you know it is there, and you'll know when new stuff is on the channel. All right, Stud, so I can't wait to hear the total card that you spoke of earlier, a new mystery masked man, plus a former NWA world champion and a present world champion in a one-night tournament to see who would be meeting the legendary Harley race in the next stud cast. Well, uh, this one is a truly magnificent card, Dave. Uh, it actually has 10 matches on it. And the opening match on that Monday night, February 13th, 1978, was Roy Lee Welch against the up-and-coming David Schultz, who's on his way to stardom, man. So uh, here are the four first-round tournament matches to see who would wrestle for the NWA title the next week. There's eight guys in this tournament. There's four matches in the first round. The first round is Ronnie Garvin against Jimmy Golden. Ricky Gibson wrestles the former NWA world champion, Pat O'Connor. And the winners of those two matches are going to face each other to see who's going to be in the finals. They're going to be in the semifinals, and they'll uh, have a shot then to get to the finals. Uh, Tony Charles uh, in this in, is one of the uh, eight contenders. He went up against a man he was becoming all too familiar with, the world junior heavyweight champion Nelson Royal. Now, Nelson Royal wanted to do something that had never been done before. That's why he wanted to get in this tournament. He wanted to win the NWA world heavyweight title and be the only wrestler in history to be both world heavyweight champion and world junior heavyweight champion at the same time. Wow. So he's got real plans and real motives here. Uh, Pat O'Connor would like to just go back and have an opportunity. It would be a fantastic feather in his cap if he could go back uh, 15 years or more after he won the championship and re-win that title again. So you got two world champions in here that are really, really uh, uh, going to be busting their rear end to get that uh, shot with Harley Race. And in the in the uh, last match uh, in the first round, Joe Duke is going to be facing off against the Hangman, who is a guy named Roger Smith, who's going to be the future assassin, and he's going to be headed south to Pensacola. He's been on a lot of the cards lately, and he's going to be against uh, Joe Duke. So the winners of these two matches. Uh, are going to face each other in the next round. Uh, and then uh, 
So the two winners of the second round matches are going to come back in the finals, and the winner of that match is going to face the NWA world champion Harley Race the following Monday for the NWA world title. Mm -hmm. uh, on this card again, and he has another shot at the Mongolian Stomper Southeastern belt with gorgeous George Jr. in the Stomper's corner. And this match was a no DQ match. And the main event was another six-man tag. Uh, this time, it has one different person in it than before. And uh, this one is has, just like the Southeastern Championship match, is a no-DQ match. It's Don Carson, the assassin, and Ron Wright is going up against <laughs> Robert Fuller, the Tennessee stud, and a mystery partner. So I don't suppose you're ready to tell us who the mystery partner was, are you, Ron? Let's hear it. Uh, well, are you kidding, man? Spill it. Come on, <laughs> spill it. Hey, you were hoping I'd say the name in the first part of the show, I think. Why man. not? What's the problem? <laughs> That's why you opened the show today saying you weren't going to say the name, but right. I was right last week saying everybody was going to be surprised when I did. I think well, so. Well, they are going to be surprised, and it's a good try, Dave. All right. You cannot blame a man for trying, Ron. So what was the TV show Saturday, February 11th of 78, two days before this big card? I feel like you'll tell me that if you're not going to tell me anything else. Oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to tell you a whole lot more, my man. So um, this one opens, obviously, with uh, Les running down another great TV card. And this one was a special ratings period card. Uh, you know, we're at this point uh, uh, two weeks into the rating period. And uh, this card has, has there's going to be a special announcement on this this particular TV from Don Curtis, the new Southeastern commissioner, regarding what had happened to my dad the week before. And uh, there was a Southeastern Tag Championship match on this card and a former NWA World Champion match. And, uh, and there's going to be a surprise, a special surprise in the last match of this card. So Les opened up with Robin, Tennessee stud, sitting with the Southeastern belts in front of him. Uh, the still shot on the huge set behind him was Buddy Fuller on an ambulance gurney uh, being rolled through the Coliseum crowd. He had a bloody towel covering his forehead, and uh, fans at home, not having been there, were probably a little shocked by what they saw, man, right off the start of the show that, uh, you know, they might not have known. A lot of them probably wouldn't have known what had happened in the six-man tag the week before. So Les had the director back the video up to the point where Buddy was laying on his back with his fuller leg lock on the assassin in the middle of the ring. Uh, Larry Cheatham, uh, the same wrestler that had had his head shaved months earlier mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving night mm -hmm. in a hair match with uh, Robert Fuller. Uh, he's the same guy responsible for Robert losing his hair yeah. a month earlier. And he's the guy who had his cartilage torn by Rob on TV just two weeks before this television. Mm. And all of a sudden, Larry Cheatham, of all people, ends up at ringside on crutches, mm. right at the end of the match, and my dad's on his back uh, with the winning hold on the assassin. And uh, so this Cheatham uh, just sl slides one of his crutches uh, into the ring, and then he crawls in after it, and uh, he, he uses the crutch to get up on his feet, and then he raises that crutch above his head. And uh, fans in the studio audience, even though most of them had been at the match six days earlier, 
They'd already seen what's going to happen. They couldn't help but scream again. Cheatham <laughs> slammed that wooden crutch across my dad's face. Mm-hmm. Um, and Les told the, told the director to stop the tape right away. You know, he apologized to both Rob and I about what had happened. He, and he explained that, uh, my dad had had 16 stitches in his forehead after that happened, and he'd spent a night in the hospital with a concussion. And he watched uh, then he another little shortened piece of that video uh, of the Coliseum crew attending my dad, who's laying there unconscious at that point. And then uh, the, he got the uh, another little shot of the ambulance crew rolling him away from the ring and through that big crowd. The crowd followed him. And, and the gurney all the way to the back of the Coliseum where the big black curtain was. So and it was kind of a shocking way to open the show, no doubt. And then Les mm-hmm. thanked us for joining for such a horrific video and, you know, and, and apologized again to us. And so before we left the set, though, he told us to be sure and watch the personality profile later in this show. Because Southeastern Commissioner Don Curtis had sent a special piece of video that just arrived at the station earlier in the morning, and it was pertaining to what we had just watched, my dad getting hurt in that match from the Sunday before. So what Les didn't say was that Don Carson had called him a couple of hours ago before TV started and told Les to change the normal format of the show, to put the personality profile on right before the last match of the TV instead of its normal spot, which was after the second match. And to show the video he sent to Ron Wright, Don Carson, and the assassin during that profile. So Mm. we didn't know that. Uh, Les didn't tell anybody that, but he did tell us that we should be watching this uh, personality profile. So we went to the ring. Uh, We were in the first match on the card that day. Uh, We were defending the Southeastern Tag Belts against two pretty darn good wrestlers at this point, David Schultz and Eddie Mansfield. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And, uh, you know, we weren't rats and two slouches. We we had some competition. And uh, they were pretty darn strong TV opponents. And they're both soon going to be on their way to (laughs) Southeastern Pensacola Territory. And they're going to do well there. All right. What's up here? It seems like you're changing the format. So what's coming, Ron? Uh, pandemonium, Dave. That's what's coming. <laughs> pandemonium. <laughs> pandemonium, man. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. I have no doubt about that, stud, because it, it tends to happen. But talking about Schultz and Mansfield, the team you just wrestled and mentioned, you were right about that. I mean, because having lived down in the southeastern Pensacola area and watching TV shows every week, when Southeastern started, those two were going to really become stars. I mean, big time. So who is in the first interview? Well, Gorgeous George Jr. I mean, obviously, we beat those guys. And then the Gorgeous George Jr. brought the Mongolian Stomper to the set. And uh, Stomper brought with him that big old truck shock. And he was cranking away on it behind GG. Thunderbolt Patterson was in Studio B. Uh, there were some really strong words and actual threats from Gigi, which he, he, rarely, he rarely got uh, this uh, bold about what he was going to do and have his stomper do. He told fans of Thunderbolt to be sure to come and see him tomorrow or Monday, which was two days later in this case. Be sure to come and see Thunderbolt to say goodbye because it was going to be the last Southeastern match ever for Thunderbolt. 
Uh, Joe LaDuke set the studio on fire, entering for the second live match. He defeated two opponents again, as always, both with bear hugs. The next interview had four of the wrestlers that would be involved in seven of the ten total matches on the cart two nights later in the Coliseum. The winner of the tournament would meet Harley Race for the NWA world title. Uh, Joe LaDuke led things off, man, uh, followed by Ricky Gibson, uh, Jimmy Golden, and finally Tony Charles. So there were four of those big baby faces, man, in the tournament that all had an opportunity to say a little bit about the upcoming uh, match for them uh, two days later. All right. So it seems like we're really about to get into it. So let's uh, let's do this. Let's take a, qu- a quick break. A great start to another ratings period for TV. I guess we're going to be coming back to a format change before what must be a super personality profile with Don Curtis, the new Southeastern commissioner, and a special message from Ron Wright and his team. So I want to hear that. But in the meantime, as you do take the break, you can always ease over and head over to Southeastern Rewind on YouTube. Subscribe, ring the bell to get reminders on when the greatest stories in wrestling are going to be dropped on YouTube. And make sure you tell your friends about Southeastern Rewind as well. So this studcast will continue in a moment right here. Stay with us. One of the best DVD collections ever done is the tremendous collector's edition of Continental Championship Wrestling. Get it now at tnstud.com. tnstud.com. Click Stud Store. Five DVDs, 12 hours, more than 50 full-length matches with tremendous stars of the premier CCW territory. Worldwide talent, the Armstrongs, the Fullers, the Riches, Arn Anderson, Austin Idol, Exotic Adrian Street, Jimmy Golden, Lord Humongous, Kevin Sullivan and the New Guinea Headhunters, the Nightmares, and many more. A five-star rating from hundreds of buyers. Don't miss this opportunity to own a piece of old-school wrestling history at tnstud.com. TNstud.com. Click Stud Store. Only $39.99 with free shipping. All right. Welcome back once again. David Summers with the Tennessee Stud, Ron Fuller, episode number 237. And we're glad you're back with us. So I guess in this stud cast, Ron, we're going back to the ring for the third match before the personality profile, right? Uh, that's correct. I mean, uh, that sounds a little strange. I mean, uh, we never had a format uh, change that <laughs> I can remember uh, before this one. And the third match uh, had the former NWA world champion in it, a great wrestler, man, involved in the upcoming tournament two days later uh, to see who's going to be wrestling Harley Race for the title. And that guy was Pat O'Connor. And he came to the ring with a pretty big round of applause. He hadn't been NWA champion for many years, but was still in great shape, man. And he could still wrestle better than most guys ever thought about being able to wrestle. He was competing with a very good young opponent in this match. Uh, We had some great matches on the TV at this point, and that was Mike Stallings. And they had a great match. It was clean and a beautiful match all the way to the very end. And at the end of the match, Mike Stallings managed to hit Pat O'Connor with his own famous move, the O'Connor Roll. And uh, Pat, you know, uh, kind of expected it in a way, I think, and Pat reversed it by just adding a second roll to it. And when he ended up on top of Stallings, 
uh, rather than just hold his hold his uh, legs down and uh, kind of put his his body weight on top of him to get the pin, uh, he cheated a little bit and he grabbed his tights to get the win. You know, and uh, and some got people in the crowd. You know, they kind of booed that. You know, <laughs> uh, but then I got I had to think about it and and I think uh, they they probably figured out that O'Connor. You know, being the age he was at that point, he might need to cheat a little bit to beat these young stars of Southeastern men. So, <laughs> you know, I don't think they got really upset by it. But anyway, the, the next four guys in the tournament then went for an interview. And that was Ronnie Garvin, Nelson Royal, the Hangman, and Pat O'Connor that had just wrestled <laughs> in the match. They all had their say about uh, what they were looking forward to in the tournament, what they expected to happen, and obviously that whole group expected all of them were going to win. Mm. You know? right. uh, Hangman didn't say anything, <laughs> but Ronnie Garvin spoke for him. And Ronnie Garvin had gotten to be a pretty good interviewer, so <laughs> he, he made the <laughs> Hangman's case for, you know, he, he, had, a, he had a chance to. Yeah. All right, well, so I'm wondering, uh, is it personality profile time now, Stud? So, I mean, this one, because when it happens, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, yep, this is it. Okay. So, uh, you know, and uh, so there were four big chairs uh, filled with uh, three big egos, man, and this live personality profile. Uh, it was done right there live, and it was done with within feet of the studio audience. And uh, the ego, the three big egos are Ron Wright, Don Carson, and the assassin, man. And they're sitting in the big chairs with Les. And uh, they were welcomed uh, when they showed up and be before they even sat down by a big chorus of booze from the studio audience who were about an arm's length away from them. So, uh, uh, so Ron Wright began uh, before Les even had a chance to intro him. Uh, and Wright complained right off the bat about how long it had been since they had been invited to do one of these profiles. And, uh, you know, so Les tried to answer his complaint, but Wright continued to uh, talk over him again. And he asked Les uh, why he didn't have a chair there for Larry Cheatham, the wrestler in the video earlier in the show that hit Buddy Fuller with the crutches. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and, he, and then he said, you know, didn't Larry deserve a seat here with a, with us for this celebration? And, uh, and boy, that, that's all that uh, Carson and the assassin needed to hear. They jumped right in with him, man. They, they were screaming at Les, too. Yeah, yeah where's Larry's chair? You know, where, where's Larry Cheatham's chair? You know, so Les, as usual, you know, uh, he wasn't, wasn't too happy with <laughs> what this was beginning. Because he wanted to try to run the show, you know. So, but he still tried to be polite, and he answered the question about the Cheatham's chair. He was about to try to answer that question, and Don Carson interrupted him. <laughs> he started to, you know, well, Larry, you know, whatever. And Don goes, hey, he started asking him about. Wait, you know, he said, Thatcher, what did you think about that first video of the show today? You know, where that old man, Buddy Fuller, was carried out of the ring, right? And he says, that Buddy Fuller, that old guy, he says, he'd been carried out of the ring many times, especially after he was wrestling against me. You know? <laughs> but, but after he said, after that crutch shot to the head, though, uh -huh. he had to have an ambulance to get to where he was going. Wow. And they all wow. three men broke up laughing mm -hmm. at Carson's comment. Now, now let's try to take over again. You know, he's, 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 he's not really running this profile, but again, he got interrupted and, 
This time it was by the assassin. And the assassin started bragging about the only time he said, uh, this is, I think, the only time I ever knew that Buddy Fuller had more stitches uh, than the than the 16 he got from last Sunday afternoon. He goes, but I do remember a time. And he tells a story out of the clear blue. He says, you know, it was in 1965 in Marietta, Georgia. And he said that was the night that Buddy Fuller got involved in my partner and I's tag team match. Hmm. Uh, and uh, and he says a fan of, of ours, you know, cut Buddy Fuller with a knife. Uh, wow. And, and he said so bad that he had to get 65 stitches to put him back together that night. Good God. Much more than the 16, right? Yeah. Well, then all three of them busted out laughing again, and they started talking to themselves, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, I think Carson saying, well, I never heard that one, man, you know, <laughs> and uh, Ron Wright, yeah, well, well they, they were just started talking to each other as if Les wasn't even out there. So, so that was it for less it had it, you know, and he shouted at the three of them, man. I mean, they're just talking man to themselves and having a ball like it was a celebration. And he screamed, shut up, <laughs> you know, <and> oddly, <laughs> you know, it seemed to surprise them, man. And they all did what he asked, oddly <laughs> enough, they, they did, they shut up. And he told him, and he was a little upset. And he told him, he said, you know, this this wasn't a celebration for you guys. He said, it's quite the opposite. He said, that that video, uh, there's a video that arrived this morning from the new Southeastern commissioner. And he had been told uh, to show it in front of all three of them. And, you know, he added, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to explain uh, why there is no chair. He said, this video was going to answer your question. Uh, Ron Wright, about why there's no chair here for your friend, Larry Cheatham, among other things, he told the director then, <laughs> play the video, play that video. So it was the one of the reasons I'd chosen Don Curtis, the Southeastern Commissioner. I knew he lived in Jacksonville, Florida. He was good friends with Eddie Graham, and he could drive from Jacksonville to Tampa in three hours and be at the Sportatorium Wrestling Office and that was where the Florida Championship Wrestling TV show was produced each Wednesday. So he had seen what had happened, and he drove over there and was there when they were filming the Florida Wrestling Show on Wednesday. And I knew that they were going to allow him to cut videos whenever I asked. And, uh, you know, and like the one that he was about there on Southeastern with, uh, he, and he, he started this one with another one of my great friends, uh, the great Gordon Soley, man. So uh, Southeastern fans, basically they were transported from Florida instantly, man, from right there in Knoxville back down to the state of Florida via videotape. Mm -hmm. And Gordon Soley opened it up and uh, he said hello to fellow commentator, Les Thatcher, and uh, to the Southeastern wrestling fans. And then he quickly introduced Don Curtis as the newly installed Southeastern commissioner. And uh, Don took it from there. And you could have heard a pin drop in that Southeastern studio. Wow. I mean, that crowd got silent. Wow. You know, and uh, so Don started off by saying how disgusted he was to hear about and to see what had happened in Southeastern wrestling the last Sunday. That in a little more than one week, after he had sat down with the three guys that were now sitting there with Les Thatcher, he said uh, they had disobeyed his request 
You know, he had come there and been on the show the week before, and uh, they had uh, they had had discussions with him, and he told them what he expected and and how he was going to handle things. And, uh, you know, they and they, this was just opposite of what he had expected, I'm sure. So he was angry and disgusted with what he called the three unsavory characters <laughs> that you got sitting there what? with Les Thatcher. Oh, my unsavory God. Characters, oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, and then he said uh, he had decided to do what they wanted. The, that they had decided to do exactly what they wanted and entirely disregard his respect, his commands. So he said, uh, now this is what I'm going to do about it. He says, the wrestler named Larry Cheatham, he said, he's hereby vanquished from Southeastern wrestling forever. And the studio erupted. I mean, wow, that was a good start. You know, and then he continued by saying there was a direct it was a direct result of what had happened last Sunday. And that's what his punishment was. He said, now that none of the three of you sitting there have kept your word, uh, and he, he said, I'm going to allow another mystery wrestler to join Robert Fuller in the Tennessee stud <laughs> two days later on mm -hmm. Monday night in the Knoxville Coliseum. He says, I'm not going to name that wrestler, but the new masked man is going to be in the next match on this TV show. Oh, <laughs> and he says he's going to be the last match on the TV. And uh, fans were now watching, man. Uh, you know, again, again, the studio exploded, man. Uh, they didn't know who they were going to see, but they were happy that they were going to get something special. And, uh, and about this time, uh, so did Wright, Carson, and the assassin, man. They exploded too, man. They all started screaming at each other about the same time. And Les shouted again for him to shut up. He's not finished. And uh, they did, and and so you, you, Curtis could be heard again very plainly, uh, and he was saying his last words, and he said, uh, you know, I could do the same thing to the three of you guys as I did to Larry Cheatham just a minute ago. He said, but I want to give the opportunity to sell this to those wrestlers that you three have plotted against mm -hmm. trying to ruin their lives and their mm -hmm. careers. He, he said, uh, I'm going to let them take care of this and do to you as you have done to them. <laughs> he paused then, man. Uh -huh. and, uh, and then he began again. He said, I have changed my mind about not saying who that new wrestler is because I take such pleasure now in knowing what you three have ahead for you. <laughs> he said, I will tell all three of you the new wrestler's name. Here it is. He Here said, it is. Here it is. And then, and then he... He says, the new wrestler's name is the Georgia Jawjacker. <laughs> and then he said, good luck, gentlemen. <laughs> that was the end yeah. of the interview. Okay. The crowd, they not only roared, they jumped to their feet. They went crazy, man, because they had an idea who the Georgia Jawjacker was. <laughs> you know, and uh, so so did Ron Wright, Don Carson, the assassin. They did, too, and they so Les closed out the profile right then. He didn't go away any longer. Uh, and you couldn't hear a word he was saying while he's closing it out. The fans were just, they were celebrating. They were going crazy. And the bell rung, and uh, and it was for the last match. And they out walked this mass wrestler, a very familiar body, strutted to the ring, man. Right, Carson and the assassin. They started right straight from Studio B, where they were, to go right for him. Mm -hmm. But uh, Rob, 
and the Tennessee stud, they followed close behind the old jaw jacker <laughs> and they blocked their way from getting to him. <laughs> I never heard a studio as loud as that one, man, that wow. day. I wow. mean, they were, the crowd was just, they weren't going to sit down again, basically. So Wright, Carson, and the assassin, they kind of retreated over to the set where Les was. And they started screaming uh, that that guy's Bob Armstrong. <laughs> Look at him. You know who that <laughs> is. And now, you know, Ron Wright saying, and now, you know, Ron Fuller and Bob Armstrong, they lost Loser Lee Towns. Both of them's back. What the heck is going on here? So the Georgia jawjacker, man, he lived up to his name. He jacked the jaw and he turned out the lights for one poor jobber. And uh, then Robert and uh, two masked men, Tennessee stud and the Georgia jawjacker joined Les for the last interview. Uh, there was still pandemonium in the studio, man. You could hardly hear a word in the interview, but it really didn't make any difference, man. So what had just occurred kind of said it all. It was going to be a rare Monday night instead of the normal Sunday afternoon for wrestling in more ways than one. So who cared? Monday or Sunday, it was kind of like a field of dreams. I had built it, and they were going to come Monday. <laughs> that really had to be one of the biggest moments in any wrestling company's history. I think the really cool thing is going to be to hear what happened a couple of nights later. Yeah, well, you know uh, – well, let's get right to it. Uh, you know, Roy Lee uh, beat David Schultz. Uh, the NWA World Championship Contender Tournament had four straight matches in the first round. So the first match was Roy against David Schultz, and Roy won that one. Uh, and you knew it was going to be a big night uh, when the first match in that tournament came to the ring, Ronnie Garvin against Jimmy Golden. Wow, that's a great way to start a tournament like that. And uh, Garvin ended up winning that first match in the tournament. Uh, the next match was Ricky Gibson against Pat O'Connor. And uh, Ricky Gibson uh, uh, actually beat Pat O'Connor, man. And, it, and wow, uh, yeah, what a great win for Ricky Gibson, man. And uh, he was going to be facing Ronnie Garvin in the semifinals. The third tournament match came on next, uh, Tony Charles against Nelson Royal. And uh, Royal kind of stole this one from Charles. He used his tights and beat him uh, in, a, in, an, in an illegal way and uh, was going to end up uh, getting to go on in the tournament. Fourth mm -hmm. tournament match, Joe LaDuke against the Hangman. And Joe LaDuke, my gosh, he made short business of the Hangman. <laughs> uh, Joe LaDuke was kind of primed, man. He, he was ready for this opportunity. And uh, – Joe was going to meet Nelson Royal in the semifinal match. Uh, Ricky Gibson was going to go against Ronnie Garvin. So uh, sixth match of the night uh, was that Ronnie Garvin match against Ricky Gibson. Uh, and uh, that was going to – that one uh, – uh, the Ronnie, worked, Ronnie won that one, and uh, he moved on into the final. The seventh match of the night was Joe LaDuke uh, with a win over Nelson Royal. And the finals of the tournament was going to be Ronnie Garvin versus Joe LaDuke. But we had a couple of other matches that were all in that card as well. So they're down to the finals, Ronnie Garvin against Joe LaDuke. And the eighth match of the night was Thunderbolt Patterson versus the Mongolian Stompers Southeastern Belt with gorgeous George Jr. Uh, in the Stompers' corner 
Uh, it was a no DQ match, hmm. and the no DQ call spelled the kind of spelled the end, man. Thunderbolt Patterson. Mm. Uh, Gigi took full advantage of the fact the match was a no DQ. He did everything he possibly could to Thunderbolt. And uh and then uh after the match was over, uh they really they really made a mess of Thunderbolt. And after the match was over the week before they had wrestled, Thunderbolt got helped back to the dressing room. Yep. This time Thunderbolt got carried on a stretcher back to the dressing room. Wow. It was Thunderbolt Patterson's last match ever. In southeastern hmm. uh and it was just exactly what uh, gorgeous george jr had predicted you know that that uh, thunderbolt wouldn't be back so then came the finals of the tournament it was the ninth match on this card and Jola duke managed to get a win over ronnie garvin uh wow what a great match those two guys had though uh ended up uh both of them bleeding it was a it was a nasty affair and a harley race uh was going to have his hands full the next week uh, going up against Big Joe LaDuke, that's for sure. The main wow. event was the six-man tag match with that no-DQ clause, and uh, Ron Wright, Don Carson, the assassin, faced Robert Fuller, the Tennessee stud, and the Georgia jawjacker. And the fans, boy, they were ready for this one, and, and uh, it was a wild match, and it ended with uh, Rob getting a win over the assassin, but that wasn't the end of the match. It was kind of like the beginning of it almost. Then it really got wild, and it lasted at least five to ten minutes after the bell. And all six guys were obviously not satisfied with uh, the outcome of that uh, that shorter shorter match. Hmm. So they were going to all come back, all six, in the uh, next week on this uh, world championship card in a six-man tag again. But this time it's going to have Texas death rules. Wow, that is a great night of wrestling. Ten matches. That is awesome. Southeastern fans, we're getting some of the best wrestling in the world. So how did you do on attendance for this kind of unusual Monday night card? Well, we did about 5,500 people, man, on a weeknight. And uh, in fact, it was one of the largest crowds for a weeknight event in the Coliseum's history. Wow. You know, wow. It, they... You know, uh, weeknights are very much different than a Friday, Saturday, <laughs> yeah. or a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I was really, really happy with it. Uh, and so was the Coliseum people. They were happy with all of these crowds lately. They'd never seen some, the crowds like we'd been drawing. How much advance notice did you have to tell the fans this is a Monday night show? Uh, I only had the one week. That wow. They didn't know until we did this one. Now, right, obviously, yeah. we announced stuff like that on the Sunday show in which my dad got hurt. Yeah, yeah. We announced that next week we won't be here on Sunday. We're going to be here on Monday night. So you announced it to the crowd in the Coliseum that week? In the Coliseum, yeah, yeah uh, because oh. you've got that crowd there, yeah, and yeah. you know it's a perfect time to let them know. Yeah. So they start making their plans right away. And and not only did we announce that it's going to be for one Monday night, right. we announced it's going to be for two Monday nights. In oh, okay. Because the next one is the world championship is going to be on a Monday as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you had to do that to take advantage of all those people that came yeah. because a lot of them are going to come back, especially after they watch one of these nights like this one had turned out to be. Yeah. I don't know how you're going to follow all this, Ryan, but it is time for us to take that seat under the learning tree. This question came from Arthur Downing. He asked, quote, 
I'm sure as young boys, you and Robert had seen your father hurt a few times in his career. What was the most dangerous injury? Well, that's a great question, man. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and I'm sure uh, obviously the question came from the fact that my dad did get hurt the week before. So uh, and, and that's uh, uh, so the assassin and, uh, and uh, whose real name was Jody Hamilton, he had answered, oddly enough, Mr. Downing's question in the, today's personality profile. Uh, you know, he brought up the fact that my father had been cut in a riot, Marietta, Georgia, in 1965. And uh, I remember Rob and I getting up on a Sunday morning back in 1965 after my dad had wrestled the night before in Marietta and coming to the breakfast table. And he was taped from the bottom of his right arm down to his waist. And uh, we asked him what happened. Obviously, I mean, you know, that's pretty strange. Had no shirt on, you know, and uh, so uh, he didn't he didn't go into great great detail about it. Uh, and that was just the way dad was, man. He was always that way. It was his way of doing things. And and he didn't want to make a big deal out of it. Uh, I think about the only thing he said is, well, boys, uh, uh, I, I had a little little run in with a knife and uh, and I got 65 stitches in my side here today. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And he kind of left it at that. So Rob and I, you know, we talked about it after breakfast. We went yeah. downstairs and, you know, we were like, well, what the heck, you know? And, uh, and uh, you know, we kind of figured judging from the size of the tape that whoever cut him probably had to have done it in, with more than one swipe of the knife. God. I mean, you don't, you don't have, you know, it looked like he was cut maybe two or three times. Yeah. And, yeah. and we we talked about what might have happened. You know, we were just uh, guessing about uh, those swipes, you know, and uh, the and had those swi swipes uh, not been uh, uh, swipes with the knife, but stabs instead. Instead. Oh, wow, man, that yeah. could have easily hit one of his vital organs. And, you know, uh, gee, so. So, you know, it, it, without a doubt, it was the most dangerous injury we had seen our father ever have at that point and, mm -hmm. and at any point. And it could have easily been his death if uh, the guy decided to stab him a couple of times rather than uh, cutting. So that was the way wrestling was back in that day, especially in the South. And so uh, actually, you know, I, I got cut myself by a fan in Panama City, Florida. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just a few months after this time frame, <laughs> yeah. uh, 12 years, 12 yeah. years after my dad did, yeah. but in 1978, in the same time frame, summer of 1978, I got cut by a fan, Panama City myself. So, uh, so I have to tell a little quick story here, Dave, before we end, man, uh, about my dad's injury that, uh, that says kind of a lot about who he was, man. So less than a week after this happened, with stitches still in his side, uh, he wrestled in the Atlanta Auditorium. He still had 65 stitches in his side. He taped his side up and he went out and wrestled. I mean, uh, you know, and he was part owner of the territory. Uh, that's probably one of the reasons he did it. And the second was he was getting very close to this showdown, uh, which was only a couple of weeks away against a wrestler named Mario Glento. Uh, they were going to be in a match refereed by the undefeated world boxing champion, Rocky Marciano. Uh, 
And that huge event was going to be held in the largest venue in Atlanta at that time, the Ponce de Leon Baseball Stadium. Hmm. Hmm. So there's this huge event, uh, basically about two weeks away, and uh, he's wrestling Galento. So that night, Rob and I stood on this huge stage. The auditorium had a massive stage. It was probably 200 feet across. And then we stood on one side of that huge stage in the auditorium, and we watched Dad's match. Uh, and he was wrestling another opponent other than Mario Glento, obviously. And there had been a lot of publicity in the papers that during the course of that week, Dad was a pretty important figure and a pretty big name in wrestling in Atlanta, that he had been cut by a fan. And, uh, you know, and he still had the stitches in his side that night. And he just had tape over them just basically to protect the cuts. So uh, we looked, uh, you know, Rob and I and, and on the other side of this gigantic stage, man, far away from me and Rob, Mario Galento stood there watching the match. So just as our father was about to win the match, he put the fuller leg lock on his opponent. Uh, Mario Galento ran to the ring and uh, the building stood up. Uh, they had been having this long, long feud, man, for months and months. And it had come down. It was coming down to a head uh, in the big baseball stadium. So the building stood up when Mario showed his face and, and he came running to the ring. So dad, after winning the match and the bell was rung, uh, you know, he was still laying on his back. He had put the fuller leg lock on him, which left him laying on his back. And it left his legs kind of wrapped around his opponent's legs. And it left him a little bit helpless. Well, Glento jumped in the ring. The first thing he did was knock the referee down. And then he started stomping dead on the, in the, on the side that where he was cut. And he was taped. Whoa. And then he ripped the tape off. You know, which was pretty hard for him to do. And I, just the pain of ripping that tape off probably had been enough. But then he stomped it again until it started to bleed. Good God. His stitches. He stomped the stitches and cut, you know, and broke the stitches. And uh, yeah. so while wow, that building went crazy, I mean, the fans just rushed to the ring. I mean, the hundreds of them to, to help dad. God. And the police had to come charging down there to help Galento from getting killed. So he literally just opened your dad's cut all over again so it would bleed. To me, yeah. He stomped it. He stomped him hard enough to open his cut and make his side bleed. Good God. So uh, so uh, it was it was dr drastic measures, man. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, and some wrestlers, uh, you know, some wrestlers like my father and my grandfather, they 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 were the guys that do that type of thing uh, to make the sport real for fans, man. Uh, they gave whatever it was, man, to take to set people's mind to set people's minds in a, in another totally different frame about uh, the sport being real. Yeah, real. So I mean, that's just unbelievable that 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 your father that anybody would go to that extent. So what was the result of all of this? Well, I'm sure my father had some pain from that encounter, but uh, he was rewarded, uh, greatly rewarded in another way. Uh, two weeks later, they had that match, him and Galento. Uh, they drew the largest crowd ever to see a wrestling match in the city of Atlanta, estimated at close to 30,000 people. 
56 years later, to my knowledge, it is still the all-time biggest card, biggest night of wrestling in Atlanta history. Holy cow. All right, you are on a roll, Ron. This is this has to be another one of the all-time best studcast, no doubt about it. Okay, folks, on Facebook, do not friend request the stud on his Ron Fuller Welch Facebook page. It has a maximum of 5,000 fans. It's been full for years. But to become fans and friends with the stud on Facebook, simply go to either his Ron Fuller, the Tennessee stud, or his Ron Fuller Welch author page. You can like and follow him there. You automatically become friends that way. Also, if you want to leave a comment for Ron about his suggested suggestion earlier in the show, that would that he would like to know about fans might be interested in hearing him read his novel Brutus in 10 to 12 minute segments from beginning to end with each of his YouTube on the YouTube channel. If you're a friend and you want to comment on that, message him from any of those three pages. And by the way, when something is posted on one page, it goes on all three. So if your friends on one of the pages, you'll stay in touch with everything that's happening with Ron on Twitter. Follow him on Ron Fuller Welch. If you want to comment about the reading of Brutus, you can do it there too. Message him on Twitter. YouTube Southeastern Rewind is where you find everything Ron Fuller Welch. Plus Southeastern, Continental, and USA TV wrestling shows. Don't miss the new Studcast every Wednesday, just like this one. The new Continental TV show every Thursday the new Southeastern classic films never before seen on YouTube every Sunday and new Studcast stories every Tuesday. Make sure to subscribe now, ring the bell icon, and you have found the fastest growing old school YouTube channel. Every time something new is added to the channel, we will ring your bell to make sure you know. Find everything on Ron's website tnstud.com that is tnstud.com studcast super studcast historic videos photo gallery his stud store with souvenirs of all kind autograph photos tremendous continental dvd wrestling five packs t-shirts tennessee stud mask and the chilling novel brutish you'll find it all at tnstud.com Stud, that's a lot going on. I don't know how you keep up with it. So where do we ride next week? Well, in the, in the today's training next week, uh, we're going to be only about two weeks away from the first night of Southeastern wrestling in the new territory down there, Pensacola, Dothan, uh, all that uh, part of the country along the Gulf Coast. We're going to be discussing uh, the TV preparations for that, the newspaper ads, uh, the building arrangements that have to be thing. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to train people in and uh, how to get set up uh, to run an actual event, and uh, we're about to open a new territory. Uh, so then we're going to move, and after that's over, we're going to go back into Knoxville, and then we're going to welcome the NWA World Champion Harley Race for his third visit. We're going to also welcome another champion, World Champion Nelson Royal 
who's going to be defending against the man that gets closer to beating him every time they wrestle, and that's Tony Charles. Uh, the six-man war is going to continue between the two new masked wrestlers and partner Robert Fuller against Ron Wright, Don Carson, and the Assassin. We'll talk about the TV. We'll talk about the results of those matches, and we'll also talk about the attendance. And the Learning Tree has another great question next week. Uh, with so many great wrestlers headed to southeastern Pensacola, who was coming into southeastern Knoxville to replace them? So, you know, I want to thank everybody listening today. Uh, you know, I thought thank you for joining us again. And uh, welcome to those that may be listening for the first time. And please tell your friends and family about us. Uh, be sure to take care of yourselves and others. And may God bless us all. For Ron Fuller in the Great Smoky Mountains, I'm David Summers saying thank you for listening. Find me at davidsummersproductions at gmail.com. This studcast is a David Summers production for Tennessee Stud, LLC. Thanks for joining us today for this historic studcast. The true story continues next week. So full Nelson, your friends, and point them in our direction for another ride with the Tennessee Stud. This is David Summers saying so long from the Great Smoky Mountains.